right, today we've got Wad here and she is running for uh, VP Academics with the Team Connect. Um, so thanks so much for being here. And do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? So maybe your program of study and what you're running for, why you're running and kind of what it means to you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, so again, like you said, my name is Wad. I use she, her pronouns. I'm in my fourth year at UTSC. I'm doing a double major in psychology and health policy. Um, and I'm running for the position of vice president of academics and university affairs. I had the pleasure of running with an amazing team this year. This is something I've wanted to do since um, honestly, first year, I saw uh, people running for these positions, and I was so inspired by the passion that they have to really bring change to the UTSC community, and I knew that's something I wanted to do. Um, I got lucky this year by being given the chance to run, especially with an amazing team of really passionate individuals. Uh, the reason I'm running, honestly, is because I've been really interested in what makes students perform better academically ever since I started university. Um, I myself uh, seek accessibility services, so I'm really passionate about accessibility. Um, I think now more than ever with the online learning system, my interest in supporting the academic success of students has really like shined through. And I believe that academic success isn't something that can looked at from one direction. It's a very multifaceted issue. And therefore, I believe it requires a holistic perspective and holistic um, solutions to tackle that issue. Um, I've been an active member of my UTC community for a while. I've gotten involved since first year, um, being a first year representative for students of sociology. I've worked with the Mental Unity Group, the Health and Society Students Association, which is a departmental students association, um, as well as the World University Service of Canada. I've also been a UTSC ambassador for the past year, where I got to um, assist students on uh, tours, prospective UTSC students on tours, and it was it was an amazing experience, you know, just students asking you for um, advice on the university. Um, I had to know a lot of facts about the university in order to be there and answer their questions. Um, so needless to say, I've done my research um, as well as- uh, the interruption, but so you've mentioned a lot of like, you know, kind of like on-campus initiatives and what it means for you to show people around and what our space is. And if you've if you're lucky enough that you've been to UTSC, like it's a really beautiful campus, right? Um, specifically now with, with the pandemic and all courses, most of them just being hosted online. We've heard a lot of student stories just complaining um, about or just sharing the difficulties of being an online student and still paying high tuition fees, you know, which, you know, we all know they're quite high, <laughs> um, especially if you're an international student. So, you know, taking that into account, like in what ways do you plan to advocate for better quality of education or specifically more engagement given that it's online? I'm going to tackle the tuition point that you mentioned first. Um, if you've taken a look at my campaign points, one of it is to lobby the government at all levels um, by listening to the students' demands to lower domestic and international tuition fees. I'm aware that this is something that's been tried to you know, a lot of um, executives have tried to implement this rule before. And the reason I brought it forth to my campaign this year is simply because of the pandemic situation. We're all learning from home. I don't believe that students should be paying the exact same tuition that they would be if it were in class. So that's, some, that's a reason I brought that point. Um, as well as if the tuition cost is, is lowered, I still believe that there should be services in place to assist students like the UTSC Health and Wellness Peer Support Program. Um, I, alongside with our VP Equity Candidate Abarna, plan to collaborate with them to make it more accessible for students. Um, the Health and Wellness um, 
the health and wellness center is a great way for students to receive mental health help. Um, however, not all students really want to go to counseling services or, you know, seek a, uh, speak to a professional or anything like that. So I think speaking with peers is a great way to tackle this issue because we're all going through the same thing. We're all learning from home. Um, students are in very diverse households. I mean, I am the eldest out of four siblings. It gets crazy at home. Um, uh, it gets really busy. It's hard to manage your school time as well as extracurriculars, as well as family obligations. So I think that support should be there for students. Um, and I think the wellness peer support program is a great way to go about it. And one more thing is the credit, no credit limit that I want to increase. Um, I've, I'm also aware that executive members have tried to implement this before. However, the reason I brought it now is because when the pandemic originally started, um, I believe it was the winter 2020 semester, we had unlimited credit, no credit. So students were aware, okay, this is something that can be done. The university was able to do this for us. Um, and they sort of took it away after that semester. And I don't think that one semester was enough time for students to adapt to the online learning um, environment. So I also wanna push back the deadline for the credit, no credit option so that students can view their final grades before they decide that they wanna credit, no credit this um, that course. I've been in so many situations where I've had to wait weeks to receive like a final essay mark. I'm wondering, am I going to do well? Should I credit no credit the course? Should I stay in it? Um, I've done well, thank thankfully, but still like that stress um, is just, it's unnecessary stress that's added on to students on top of financial burdens, mental health burdens, everything. So um, those are ways that I try, that I'm going to try to tackle these issues. Awesome. Thank you for that response. And I think you kind of touched upon like, uh, Kind of our next question because yeah you're right this is not the first time students have been you know told that this could be you know like the credit note credit limit and uh decreasing tu tuition prices like those have always been kind of um talked about circulated especially around the position that you're running for what are your tangible kind of steps that you plan to take because you've told us about like the tangible outcomes, but what are like the steps that you hope to enact to kind of get there that maybe differentiates you from past um, BP academic, uh, you know, execs? Thank you for that question. That's a really valid question to ask. Um, I can't speak much on the current VP academics and what work she's done just because I, I haven't been in those spaces. I'm not sure who she's tried to contact, but the plan that I have for the credit no credit limit is um, lobbying and working closely with the vice dean of academics and the vice provost. Um, I believe that executive members have contacts that the rest of the students don't have. They have the contacts, they have the authority and the power to speak with these um, upper admin individuals, start conversations about what the students really need and do the work to bring about that change. Um, so of course, because I haven't been awarded, um, given a position like this before, I, I, I don't know the process exactly of how it goes about, but I would start with lobbying the registrar's office, um, speaking to the vice dean of academics, the vice dean provost, letting them know that this is something students want, this is something we should bring back to help alleviate academic stress during this pandemic, right? Um, a common question that I've been getting as well is, uh, do you plan on implementing this rule for just the duration of the pandemic or post-pandemic as well? And I think the answer I have to that is, if we can get it for the duration of the pandemic, however long it's gonna last. I mean, it seems like it's gonna last forever, but um, if it's something we can get done now, then I believe it's something the VP academics that come after me can also try and implement. Um, 
so as well as the um, my point with lobbying the government about the tuition costs, this would um, go, I would go about this by creating a proposal um, and also contacting other VP academics uh, throughout other campus at campuses or universities in um, Ontario, like um, UFT downtown, UFT Mississauga, any person that I can get in contact with, so we can form some sort of like. Um, so we can have an understanding that this is something a lot of universities want. It's not just UFT Scarborough that wants this done. Everyone wants this done. So I, I believe in power of numbers and I believe in collective action and collective action is at the heart of the student union. So that's how I would go about that issue. Awesome, thank you for sharing. And something you just mentioned, which is collective action, I think it's a really important point, not just you know for, for the, like non-credit, no credit, or just for tuition prices, but also for a conversation that Kind of took a lot more strength this year which is decolonizing our curriculums and sort of like decentering whiteness in what we're learning in our classes so i believe that students have kind of voiced um you know how they feel about you know anti-oppression um like these days so do you do you plan on starting a conversation to keep this going do you plan on talking to other vp equities around campus to sort of contributing to this process this conversation and if so, do you plan to also bring in students uh, to kind of like guide you in that process? That's a great question. Um, I think it's something that is really important to address. I'm currently running with um, Abarna, who's the VP Equity, and she has created policies around um, surrounding um, advocating for, uh, you know, anti-black racism, uh, colonization, um, racism towards the Asian community, all these issues are very, very important and they need to be addressed. Um, and I think the beauty of running with this team is that all our values align. When you look at each one of their points, like you, you look at Abarna's uh, VP equity points and you say, okay, these are amazing. These are things that should be implemented. So with that being said, we work together to make these things happen. She has her ideas, she brings it forth. I have my ideas, we bring it forth and we really work um, on it together. Thanks. That's uh, like that's a great answer. And you know, like uh, me and Danielle are both international development students, so I think we'd love to see decolonization of like just our curriculums and what we read. And hopefully, you know, that's something we get to see in our time uh, here at university. Um, and something um, something that uh, you know you've mentioned that, you know, it feels like the pandemic will last forever and it feels like that for all of us. But, you know, at some point there will come a time, even though we can't see it yet, that this uh, will maybe come to an end and it might be, well, in your year of running as VP, you're serving as VP academics. So do you think that we will encounter any academic problems for students when we're transitioning back into hybrid or full in-person learning? And how do you plan to kind of, you know, mitigate those or support students in the, as they're transitioning back into, you know, a full in-person, like, education system? That is a great question. I've actually thought about this because, um, you know, like you said, who knows, the um, lockdown might be lifted, we, things might go back to normal um, during my term. So the way that I see it is when we were shifting from in-person learning to at-home learning, there were things that were implemented like the credit, no credit um, uh, limit was 
you know, lifted, it was unlimited credit, no credit. Um, professors uh, were more lenient, more understanding with, um, you know, late work, um, final exams. Some, some courses did not offer final exams. So I truly hope and I believe that we can do the same thing if we're transitioning from home to in-person learning. Um, all of my points are things that I plan to work on, whether or not it's going to be in-person or, or um, it's going to be in-person classes or studying from home. Um, because I simply, I don't believe that the pandemic is an excuse for executive members to not uphold their promises and not work on the things. It shouldn't be an excuse. I mean, uh, the executives are being paid. <laughs> the student union gets their money from the students. They should be doing their job regardless of the condition. Um, I think students should trust their leaders to work really, really hard, even in these unprecedented times. Um, so I truly believe 100% that these are things that I can work on regardless of the learning system or the yeah, the learning system that we have, whether it's at home or in person. Amazing, um, thanks so much. Um, I think that's kind of, um, that, we're kind, that kind of comes to the end of our little coffee chat. Um, Danny, would you like to say anything before we wrap up? Yeah, that was, that was really well, well spoken and informed. I think my, my last question is just for all of us and everybody who's listening to, to us right now or who will listen in the future. Um, where, where, where can they vote? Like, how's the voting process being held? And what tips would you give students? That is a great question. I think a lot of people are confused on where they vote. So I believe the way it's going to work is um, students will get an email through their UFT email with the link that will send them to a portal where they can vote. And I just want to emphasize that students should be making informed decisions. I mean, regardless of, you know, this is a student union election, it's same thing. You should be making informed decisions. You should be reading campaign points, asking candidates uh, to specify their campaign points. Um, I believe it's really important to see points um, and plans that are feasible, that are specific, where you're ex saying exactly what you plan on doing, you know, not a, a very vague message. Um, so I, I really encourage students to um, read points and read their read platforms and ask questions if they have any before they make their vote. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for this chat. Um,